0: Today, on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, Airbnb is taking a step to try and limit parties at at its vacation rentals. And summer airfares continue to rise, particularly those at the budget carriers. Next, details
1: next in the news. Is it okay to ask another passenger if they are vaccinated or willing to wear a mask on the plane? Or, for that matter, in the theater? Well, we offer our opinions in the Smarter Traveler segment coming up at 3.20.
0: In the second half of our show, we feature a look into the Travel Guys mailbag. Listeners send us
1: lots of inquiries, and we try our best to answer them personally. Some of your questions are so spot on. We'll share a few today with our audience, so the answers will be more widely known among travelers. That starts at 335 right after the news.
0: Welcome to the Mother's Day edition of Sacramento's favorite travel show. Thanks for joining us on the Travel Guys. Road again I Just can't wait to get on the road again I got to, the road. to the last little north to us off
1: Welcome, welcome everyone, to another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for joining us, Mark Hoffman and Sam Romano, with you here on a Mother's Day Sunday. Uh, And uh, happy Mother's Day to all of our moms listening, if uh, if we got a few out there, grandmas and so forth, uh, soon-to-be moms and all. Mark, good to see you, my friend. How have you been?
0: Thank you, thank you. Happy Mother's Day to all of the... People. My mother is is gone, but uh, to all of the the women who have mothered me over the years, Lord knows it has taken an army of women probably to <laughs> get me to this point. And there are some here in my own office to this day who keep me pointed in the right direction. So, you know, it's the whole the whole mother thing doesn't apply just to the one who brought you into the into the world it applies to everybody else along the way who says who offers a little course correction and a little little guidance a little wisdom you know and you're 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 never too old to take a little guidance from a good mom
1: there you go i i, I there's a phrase that uh, you'll run across once in a while that uh, comes from mothers that uh, you know because it's it's a tough job and, and the mother will turn to that child that's just out of control and say i brought you into this world and I can, I can take, take you, you out, you out. <laughs> that's one you don't want to hear that one yeah. hey how did uh how did things go with uh your your trip to San Francisco for the buster Posey uh retirement uh thing at the at the ballpark yesterday I, you saw I, it on t v looked like people were having a pretty good time
0: well uh the Giants won their first game in a week, so i I think that uh the that that sort of helped. And having yeah. Buster Posey around and everything, I mean, you know, he's kind of a kind of a legend in San Francisco. And, and to close out the day, um, the weather turned, you know, cold as whatever you want to call it. I mean, really cold and windy, kind of like a typical sort of candlestick-type evening. So, and a game started at 4.15, so that meant by those people, by the time the folks got out of there, pretty close to 8 o'clock, I think, uh, frostbite for about 20%, which is about be about typical per- candlestick sort of <laughs> night, you know. It's kind yeah, of it's cold down there today again, too. So it's the wind is blowing, and my goodness, what happened to summer? I think it's going to be up in the nineties by uh, by next weekend. Hey, you—you you mentioned uh, things about you know mom that you didn't want to hear, and the other thing was if mom called you from another part of the house and used all three of your names, you know, <laughs> like in my case, it would be Mark Allen Hoffman you get in here, there is no way I was going in there because just the fact she had used all three names told me that this was not going to end well.
1: (laughs) Ain't that the truth? Oh, boy. Well, okay, my friends, thanks for uh, spending a little time with us. And at the top of every Travel Guy show, we try to start off with bringing you up to date on the travel news. And with the travel news, Mr. Mark Hoffman. Well, word comes from Airbnb. These guys have been
0: under uh, under a little pressure here in recent months. It seems as though folks, imagine this, Tom. You know, when, when we were in high school or out of high school and still young men and involved in, you know, all of the rowdiness and drinking and carrying on that, that often happens with people in that demographic, um, imagine if we had had Airbnb to be able to, um, you know, rent a house and just invite everybody over and have a party there. I mean, that seems like a very clean way to do things. Well, apparently this has been happening quite often with Airbnb, and so they want uh, the folks who who use them as a vendor, who rent their homes through Airbnb, and the people who, who rent the homes to know that uh, they're making a few changes uh, in advance of this upcoming Memorial Day weekend. They will also apply for the 4th of July weekend. And apparently, these are changes that Airbnb made some of last year. Last summer, they quietly, without telling anybody, limited access for about 120,000 of their customers for one-night rentals on weekends during the summer last year. And apparently, that little test program went well. So Airbnb has, uh, according to the Associated Press, has said that Airbnb customers without a history of of positive reviews, direct quote um, on the property renting platform will not be able to make one night reservations for houses during the labor during the memorial day and July fourth holiday, so this is so, the deal, yeah, go ahead yeah,
1: I was just going to say so this has to do with one day rentals, not yeah, exact two, three, four, they just figure that if somebody is renting for a one day the the party must be in the in the in the plans.
0: I'm guessing that Airbnb at this point, uh since they do probably tens of thousands of rentals every day, probably can can pick up on things that look a little bit suspicious. Um but it, it strikes me that what you would do is, you know, if you have that sort of thing, you just ask somebody else to rent the house. Or the other thing that you do is you just rent it for two days two nights instead of one night. I guess what their plan, what Airbnb is saying is that people who rent homes for parties for the purpose of just having a party and tearing up the place are, mm-hmm. and, and let's, let's also say maybe it's not intended to tear up the place. Maybe they just needed a place to have a gathering for, you know, 15 or 20 or 30 people sure. for some legitimate reason, and right. that's what they chose. Or maybe not. But anyway, Airbnb is trying to cut down on that and let the people know who are renting the homes and who live next door to the people who are renting the homes that they're trying to make some effort to get this all under control. So, Tom, what have you got on an airplane? Let's pretend you're the captain piloting the airplane, and the plane takes off, and you're in the air, and you're over your flight, and uh, you've left London, you're headed to New York, you're over Ireland a few minutes into the flight, and you're having a conversation with your first officer, and the first officer tells you that, well, he hadn't still competed, completed his final flying test and really wasn't certified to fly an airplane.
1: Uh, <laughs> would that not uh, cause you some measure yeah. of alarm? Yeah, I would be a little concerned. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: So uh, as was the, the captain um, who informed air traffic control, it was a, uh, a Virgin Atlantic plane, and it was headed from London to New York, and they went back to London. Took them several hours to find a, pli- a pilot who was fully qualified. qualified. Yeah, somebody, somebody there. I'm a guessing that somebody's going to have some splaining to do come Monday morning, um, because <laughs> somebody, some computer algorithm, or somebody somewhere punched the wrong button and said this guy is okay to fly and he wasn't.
1: Yeah, and the and the captain uh, that that decided to you know turn the plane around and and, and you know. F- try to fix it. If he would have just gone ahead and continued the flight with this guy, mm-hmm. uh, he he would have been been in serious trouble. I'm I'm
0: guessing maybe. And also, he he facing a flight across the Atlantic Ocean and knowing that there aren't you know that many bus stops along the way where you can land a plane, um, he pro- probably crossed his mind that you know if anything happens to me, why we're all we're all in deep doo We we could all be in deep doo-doo. So good for the good for the captain who made the decision um to go back but just imagine being in that position to start with and thinking well you know you're already having a bad day and then you get on the plane and you know the guy sitting next to you says well you know really i'm just a (laughs) i'm just an actor i'm not really a pilot and I, i can't really fly the plane so anyways um the faa um this is kind of interesting they florida has been a source of a lot of Serious delays, especially for Southwest Airlines. Southwest revealed a couple weeks ago, I might have even mentioned this previously on the air, that one out of every three of their aircraft touch Florida sometime during the day. So when things go bad in Florida, for Southwest at least, things go bad pretty much all over the the continent. And so the FAA sat down with the airlines a couple weeks ago and decided to work on a couple of things that might help them in Florida, the first, one of the first things that they decided to do was hire some more air traffic controllers because apparently that is part of the problem. Also, another part of the problem is that um, because there are so many airports in Florida, in many cases, inbound flights are carrying crews that are flying other flights around or out of Florida. So think about this. Flight A doesn't land. So... The continuation of Flight A can't happen because it didn't land on time. And Flight B can't happen because Flight B's pilots are on board Flight A Mm -hmm. or part of their flight crew Mm -hmm. or something like that. So what they decided to do was try to identify those aircraft that are carrying other crew and maybe give them a little bit of priority in terms of who gets in and who gets out and stuff like that. But the other thing is that um, the weather in Florida – is increasingly becoming a problem, um, just like the weather and just like the fires in New Mexico, and some of these things have a theme um, which have a little bit to do perhaps with the fact that we're messing up our planet faster than we're cleaning it up
1: when you say uh, airports in in Florida, are we talking Orlando are we talking Miami are we talking all of them? Yes. Fort Lauderdale,
0: um, everywhere there. Daytona Beach. um, There's a a lot of air traffic in and out of Florida. They also identified one other thing in this article and talked about the fact that um, when there are uh, increasingly, there's an increasing number of rocket takeoffs from the Florida coast, that sometimes the airlines are, they're blocking traffic. In a particular area for six hours, when if it was better managed, they could block the traffic for three hours or four hours, and that would have. And if they let the airlines know at a, with a little bit more an advanced warning, that, that also would help with the logistics of having crew and airplanes in the right places and stuff like that. So we don't have that particular issue you know, rockets taking off in California. So I can only imagine that that must be something that complicates things for air traffic controllers fairly dramatically there in the state of Florida. Here's a little note from Washington State. Um, this is just a, a, a little snapshot of tourism. Um, people in Washington State, Tom, during uh, during the summer tourism season, spend $60 million a day in, just in Washington State. I'm guessing a lot of that in the greater Seattle-Tacoma area, but still... Um, $60 million a day. They say tourism has recovered about three-quarters of its revenue year over year comparing, comparing to 2019. So Washington State, is their comment was, yeah, well, business seems to be booming, but not quite yet. They're expecting, however, Washington State has some beautiful national parks, and there's nothing like Puget Sound in the summertime. Um, and so they're expecting that that gap will narrow as the year goes on. But anyway, um, tourism... Maybe back in planes may be full, but maybe it's at the more popular spots, and maybe some of the least popular spots are not seeing that influx yet until summertime. Hopper is a air site, H O P P E R. It's a, a site where you can get uh, where you can buy airline tickets. You can also find out a little bit about what's going on. They say budget domestic airfares are up thirty-four percent for this summer compared to the summer of twenty nineteen um non-budget carriers that would be the united american delta um mm-hmm. hawaiian alaska um those guys their fares are up about 25% but they say the the spirits and frontiers of the world who make their a lot of their revenue from when you check a bag when you put it in overhead when you choose a seat when you do anything on the airplane besides spit um then their their revenues are are coming more now from the fare box than they were previously. I don't know what that means, but it's kind of kind of interesting. Hopper says not only are the fares up 30 something percent uh year over year but they're up forty percent on those cheapest carriers just be-, be since the first of the year so maybe the spirit frontier thing is not quite as cheap as it looked for if you what state do you suppose has the least expensive
1: airfares? Well, what state has the cheapest or least expensive, should I say, yeah. airfare? Hmm, hmm, hmm. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. New Jersey. Good question. New, New Jersey. Jersey huh? no, yeah. I wouldn't have
0: had any $205. Idea. That's mostly because of Newark, which still remains the most whatever word I can't say on the radio, airport in the country. Um and now that they're getting back to fairly normal operations, normal in Newark means we, we only really have one serious Newark connection, and that is a flight that comes in the evening nonstop from Newark and goes back as a red-eye. Um, if you're taking that flight back to Newark as a red-eye, always make sure that you check the time before you go to the airport because that flight is frequently late coming in. Where do you suppose what state has the most expensive airfares? This one I was able to, 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 to nail the, narrow down to two places.
1: One of which turned out to be the right guess. Yeah, um, let me think. Uh, California.
0: Yeah, or think, New- of, or- think of states with the smallest airports. Smallest like airport. North Dakota was one of my guesses. And the other one, which has the highest average ticket price, West Virginia. West Virginia. All small airports, all commuter aircraft, um, all irregular service. So, therefore, not a whole lot of... Not a whole lot of competition. In many cases, the airports are only being served, you know, to a destination by one carrier, so there's no reason to, for the carrier to worry about the flight because uh, they don't have any competition. Anyway, that is your travel news for today.
1: Road with my two favorite allies. Hey there, my friends. Mark Hoffman, Tom Romano with you, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Mark, uh, you brought up an interesting uh, subject here for our Smarter Traveler segment. Uh, did you just uh, come up with this on your own, or were you reading? Have you seen some experiences? What are your, what are your thoughts?
0: Well, I, I did see this happen uh, once, in actually in the airport, not on the airplane. Um, where a gentleman sat down next to a lady at, at in the United Terminal in Denver, and the lady didn't appear all that happy that the gentleman had chosen to sit in an empty seat next to her, and she looked over at him, and she was wearing a mask, and I heard her say, um, Sir, would you please put on a mask? She said it fairly politely. Um, the guy looked at her like, you know, she was from another planet, and um, he didn't say anything that I could hear, But he got up and moved to another seat. Um, So I thought that was an interesting way of avoiding a confrontation. He just, you know, it's like, well, you know, it's not really worth arguing about. I'll just go sit over here. That made everybody happy. Um, That's great in an airport, but I don't know that you can necessarily do that on an airplane, especially right now. There might not be another seat empty anywhere on the aircraft. So... It presents this kind of interesting situation now uh, like in broadway theaters everybody has to show a vaccination proof of vaccination still and i know because i had a group back there just recently and they um and they also have to uh mask up in the theater interestingly enough um our company and the people who travel with us we've been we've mostly avoided COVID by being ultra safe and making sure that people who travel with us are vaccinated and boosted but that new york trip came home and a couple people tested positive and indeed a dozen of them have tested or ten ten of them have tested positive over a week's period of time. I think the last one we heard of was several days ago. Um, No one appears to be terribly sick at this point because, of course, again, the people who travel with us have to be vaccinated and boosted or they can't be on the trip. But transmission in in the northeast, if you look at the CDC's map, is greater than just about any other place in the country besides the greater San Francisco Bay Area. Um, not including up here in the Valley. So um, point is, this is still, let's see, it's COVID is still around. People who are not vaccinated, obviously greater risk than people who are. But uh, let me just ask you, Tom, would you, you get on an airplane. You've been reasonably conservative through all of this. Um, You get on an airplane, you and your wife, you're traveling somewhere. You've decided to wear a mask. You get on the third person in your row, isn't wearing a mask. What are you going to do?
1: You know, uh, I've been, uh, I've been thinking a lot about this. I have a daughter coming to visit, and by the time she gets ready to uh, to come, of course, the masks are off. And uh, not so much her, but she'll be flying with my new granddaughter, who's only um, seven months old. And so it's more of the putting the, the child in jeopardy then, because I know my daughter will probably wear a mask. I don't know, Mark. I would say more than likely I wouldn't ask uh, if they're vaccinated for sure uh, and uh, if I were wearing a mask and they weren't i I, th- I think I'd just end up taking my chances because here again if you're on a plane, what are you gonna do? I'm not gonna be able to change seats uh, and uh, y- you know it, it is what it is gonna have to wear your own mask make sure you wear a good one uh, wear two if you if you feel like you have to and uh, and that may be it. Like I say, I don't think I would. I would confront the person with, "Excuse me, would you mind wearing a mask?" Or asking if they're vaccinated is ludicrous because now people that have been vaccinated are contracting the COVID anyway. Yep. So that, that's kind of where I am at the moment. How about I would, you? I would say that um, if someone sat down next to me and said, "Look,
0: um, you know, I'm <clears throat> immune. You know, my immune system is compromised, and and I would not be flying, but I'm." you know, there's a medical issue or I'm going to a funeral of a f- member of the family or something that that, that was urgent, um, and the person requested that I put on a mask, I would maybe, I guess I would be, I would think about it. If it was a four- or five-hour flight, I might not be as responsive. But if it was an hour, I would probably consider it. But I would just say uh, at this point, really and truly, if, if if that is that important to you, what other people are doing, then you got to not travel right now because you're going to be in airports and uh, airplanes and restaurants and other public spaces, and only a small percentage of people are continuing to mask. It's somewhere between ten and twenty five percent, depending on what situation that you're in. So I, I would go. just say I, I I would be uncomfortable if someone asked me, and I would I would be hesitant to ask someone else. I would just say it's you know it's not quite time to come out if that's your your point of
1: view. Good point. Um, I would I would don the mask if they asked. Simple as that. It's Mark and Tom, the Travel and Entertainment Guys here on the radio brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Remember now, travelguysradio.com. dot com. Links to our special guests and lots of info to make you a smarter traveler each and every day. Okay, Mark, uh, time to dig into the travel guys mailbag. Yes, sir. And, uh, and, we haven't you know, done this for a while. It we haven't. Uh, I got a pretty good list of stuff to go over. And here again, I, a lot of these questions are going to be things that uh, that you, our listener, uh, probably have thought about, and uh, hopefully we'll be answering. Your question, as well, as a result of somebody uh, sending it into uh, into us, so uh, I will be the official question asker here. <laughs> I will play the role of the people in our audience, the Vanna but White will, of the Travel Guys. There you go, and I will use my and I will use my regular person voice, the, <laughs> the one that you're used to. I'm not make up <laughs> make stuff. I'm not going to make up stuff like this. You know, Mike, rental cars are really okay. All right, rental cars. Mark, you've talked a lot about the perils of renting a car. My husband and I are going to New York City later this year. How far ahead should we make our reservations? Is one airport better than another? we have a double question here.
0: Yeah, well, and it, when it comes to renting a car, the first thing I would say, um, this listener has brought up a, a really good, because she said New York City and not New York State, um, if you're taking a vacation and you're staying in the greater New York metropolitan area, you know, Brooklyn, the Bronx, uh, Manhattan, uh, even just over the bridge into, into New Jersey, uh, New York has a transit system that is unequaled anywhere in the world and and um, is reasonably safe and clean and reasonably easy to use. I mean, it took uh, someone about an hour to teach myself and a friend um, how to use the system and how to, you know, find the maps and all of that kind of jazz. And now with cell phones and the like, it's even easier. So I would suggest that, first of all, some destinations you don't maybe need a rental car. The cost of parking a car in New York City, if, these, if you're traveling and staying at a hotel, the Marriott Marquis in Times Square is $70 a night just to park the car. I mean, I suppose you could sleep in the car. It would save you some money on the hotel room. <laughs> but anyway, um, it, if you're going to a city where that has a lot of good transit, you might not need to rent a car. Um, how far ahead should you make a reservation for a car in New York City? I would say um, six to eight weeks should be plenty. New York City is a re- reasonably transient area, so I would say six to eight weeks. Is one airport better than the others in New York? Um, yes, We've talked about this just a little bit. In fact, on the show today, we talked about how airfares were cheaper in New Jersey than anywhere else. But one of the pl- places you might have to fly through is the Newark Airport, and that's a miserable place known for delays and air traffic issues. So um, you don't really have service uh, much service to Kennedy uh, from uh, California. Generally, it's to LaGuardia Airport. So um, I personally prefer LaGuardia. Um, any New York airport is a zoo. Any of those three major airports is a zoo. And even if you fly into Westchester or something like that, uh, then you've got to get into the city. So um, n- no major, no huge choice of airports. How long ahead to make your reservation, six to eight weeks. Make sure the destination you're going to, though, is one that really truly requires you to rent a car. And also consider the fact that parking at any kind of major hotel in any major city is going to run you $30, $40 a night. So keep that in, in mind. If you're staying five or six days, that's going to be a big chunk of cash.
1: Okay, questions from the Travel Guys mailbag continues. International entry, Canada, Europe. Uh, this the listener writes, we're traveling to Canada next month. What do we need to know about getting into the country? Do we still need a negative COVID test 72 hours in advance?
0: You don't right now. Um, You know, with an asterisk, these things change pretty regularly and have gone up and down. So this is what it is today. It might be different tomorrow or a week from now or a month from now. Right now, you don't need a test, COVID test, to get into Canada. However, there is something called Arrive Can, C-A-N, and you have to go to that website and give them some information about who you are, and uh, prove that you've been vaccinated. So there are still some requirements for getting into Canada. If you're not vaccinated, you're going to have an issue. Um, but it's a little easier than it was, but there still, yes, is some paperwork and some res- requirements for going into Canada. I might mention this is a great opportunity. At TravelGuysRadio.com, we just posted this today because I just found it this morning. There is an updated list of the entry requirements for every major country on the planet that you might fly to so and it's accurate as of today so if you're traveling pretty soon travelguysradio.com there is a list there you can click on uh we have a, a number of different items there things that are talked about on the show but this is one of the ones that would be listed there of general interest
1: all righty moving on our next question our listener a uh, uh, kind of a like me a fan of the disney thing and disney world in florida i want to know how far in advance do i buy airfare for august september going to travel to florida we talked about florida a little earlier in september with the kids to visit the disney parks how far ahead should we make our reservations and is there a better airline for kids which one is most kid friendly I would I, say Southwest right off the bat. Yeah,
0: I, I think I would agree with you because I think the attitude of the staff on Southwest is better than any of the other carriers, and they seem to respond to kids much better. So I, I, I don't know that there's a cut-and-dried answer there, but I agree with you, Tom, that Southwest would, would maybe be a, a little bit better for kids. The other thing is that, um, you know, it's possible on Southwest – Uh, People say, well, I'm traveling with kids. We need to sit together. Um, You could buy up on Southwest and get that early boarding that would allow you to sit together. Um, So that's, but also, if you're on Southwest and you've got a family, you go up to the counter and you say, look, you know, we've got C123, and there are three of us, and we want to be able to sit together. And what they do is they board you after the A group so that they can make sure that families with children. So Southwest seems to have a little bit of a plan, so I would say they are a better airline if you're traveling in a family or with a group of people, especially if you want to sit together on the plane. Um, Making airfare in advance, there's uh, two caveats there. Um, One, I would wait right now if I were flying after Labor Day, because I think there's a possibility that fuel prices could come down and that airfares might be a cheaper than they are. I think the downside is much greater than the upside at this point. So I would wait probably until June or July. I also would remind um, this listener that August, September is the peak of the hurricane season in Florida. So if I could wait and travel in October or November, there would be less humidity, and if that's possible, and there would also be less chance of your trip getting interrupted by something like that. So that's something that we live in California. So earthquakes don't have a season, but hurricanes do, and it is possible to kind of stay out of their way if you look at the calendar.
1: And it it's been on more than one occasion uh the uh the, the parks there in Orlando have been affected uh by hurricanes uh and can, can disrupt your vacation. Here again, August and September, you know, it's back to the same thing depending on the age of your kids. And what school district you in? That's what you're in. That's when uh, everybody gets gets off uh, for uh, summer vacation. And mm-hmm. a lot of times families don't have a choice. Uh, this is when they have to go. And so it's kind of like you know, good luck and keep an eye keep an eye on that hurricane map. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's do one more before we take a break, Mark. Okay. All right, uh, you've mentioned uh, you know, that you're a tour operator and have been for a long time, 43 years. How do you choose new places to offer to your travelers? What kind of research do you do before you go? Uh, I'm 48 and starting to travel more, but the pictures and the write-ups online don't, don't always seem to match what you get when you get there. So, with that being said... Uh, We've talked about this before, but apparently this listener hadn't been listening at that time. So give him a rundown. Well,
0: uh, when my company picks a new destination frequently, um, someone goes to that destination to physically check out the hotels, perhaps restaurants, some of the attractions. Um, If we can't do that, then we have a destination contact that we really trust who can really fill us in on things and, and that we feel you know confident is, is telling us the truth. But the truth of the matter is that before I take people a lot of, to a lot of places, I go. I have a group that I'm taking to Hawaii uh, in a little over a week. I had a staff member who was in Hawaii a week ago checking out a couple of the things because everything is just kind of jumbled over there right now. And not everybody's operating at full steam, so I had somebody – to go and kind of check out, make sure things for our upcoming group would be good. If you're an individual traveler, you don't always have that option, or why would you make a scouting trip in order to make a trip? I mean, you know, that doesn't seem to make much sense. Yeah, This is where a really trusted travel advisor comes in handy because those people make commissions from uh, just about everything except airline tickets, so you're going to pay a little bit of of a service charge there. But in many cases, when they're booking you in a hotel, on a cruise ship, into attractions etc they're getting paid a little bit for that so they don't have to charge you extra therefore it's not costing you extra to get that expertise now having said that there are travel advisors out there who are really worth their weight in gold and some who are not worth their weight in zinc so just like anything else you have to find somebody that you're confident in and who has the destination knowledge and can uh... can really be an asset to you as a traveler Um, there is a lot more research available to people now than there was twenty five thirty years ago. So my wisdom to you is to ask questions. And if you're just des- if you're visiting a destination for the first time and it's some place that you're likely to go again, let's say you're going up to Washington State for a few days or something like that. Well, put a couple things into your itinerary you haven't been to before and a couple that you have, so that if the new ones don't work out, you've got some things to fall back on, and then you'll know a little bit more about your destination. The next time. I also I have a number of travel websites that send me information all the time, and, and I tend to value some of them more than others. Some of them send me a news item, it gets right on the radio, and some of them send me a news item, and it goes right in the trash can. So it's it, trust. You, you have to have sources that you trust, and sometimes that requires uh, getting some help from somebody
1: other than yourself. Right. And here again, this is what uh, good friends are for that might have traveled to some of these destinations already before you right uh, ask around uh, at your workplace uh, people that you know and you might be surprised they might be able to uh, steer you in the right direction I know that uh, that I've done that in the past and it's always worked out uh, to my favor all right we are mark and Tom the travel and entertainment guys here on kfbk we are the Travel and Entertainment Guys, Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, doing our best to make you a smarter traveler. Uh, every week, 3 to 4 o'clock, our website, TravelGuysRadio.com. And back into the mailbag we go, diving in head first. This one's right up your alley, Mark. I, I've been waiting. Is, can't wait to hear what you got for me here. <clears throat> Listener writes, I have to fly soon, and I have two large dogs. <laughs> how do you, how do you go about getting a ticket for for uh, for, for for Pluto and Ralph?
0: Uh you you it, it's it's a lot more difficult than it was. Um United and Delta are not putting animals in the cargo hold right now. So unless if you're flying on those carriers, unless you can fit them under your seat, um then you're in a carrier <laughs> in, in an authorized carrier, you're not taking the animals with you. Um, Southwest is never allowed, never had a plan for putting animals in the cargo hold. Alaska consistently ranks the best. But, of course, Alaska, to most people from Sacramento, is a regional airline. However, they serve a lot of destinations out of Portland and Seattle across the country. So you could fly to Seattle or Portland and connect, and just like you'd fly to San Francisco or Los Angeles and connect and take off from there. So Alaska is one option available to you but there aren't very many choices if you have an animal that is too large to go under the seat in a carrier with you um cost for that service in the cargo hold is between 125 and 150 dollars per animal so there uh, the the answer is if you have a large animal there are not as many options as
1: there used to be there you go yeah uh the going rate at like southwest for a I think it's 20 pounds or under that uh, will fit under the seats in front of you, mm-hmm. is $95. I know because your and, wife
0: called me one time and said, you know, is there any way we could get Tom under the seat? And I said, no. <laughs> I said, unfortunately, he's, he's not going to fit. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that, that's a that's a real s- s- a sore uh, spot for me <laughs> because I've already paid for the space underneath my feet. Uh-huh. Why am I have to paying for it and again? Just so that I can put Fido uh, underneath there, uh, where my feet were were going to be. I, I think the
0: rate, wife's plan was to put Fido on the seat and put you yeah, under. Yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Now she she likes to put me in the in the uh, luggage department, <laughs> uh, department. compartment ab- above it. <laughs> any place but next to her, you know. Anyway, yeah, that's a that's a bit of a, a challenge for for people with large animals, uh, especially if you you know flying out of this area where. You don't necessarily have a carrier that's going to go all the places that you would like, like you were mentioning Alaska and so forth. So, all right, moving on. Are restaurants open in airports? And I can tell you the uh, my favorite little place for breakfast uh, uh, is, is open there at the uh, Sacramento International Airport. Uh, so I can say yes to some cases. Well, will we be able to get food in Sacramento before we depart? And the answer is yes. Or should we bring food with us? And, yes, you can do that, too. Uh, what about other cities, Mark?
0: Oh, I didn't think you were going to need me for this question
1: there. You seem to be going along just fine. By I was doing yourself. fine, but I don't know other cities. Um, I do. I know a few. San Antonio has some places. In Sacramento, um, if you're flying
0: out of the newer terminal where Southwest and Alaska fly out of, Spirit and Frontier, I think, are over there, too. Um, They have a few more choices, but not every restaurant uh, in either terminal has reopened. Also, I've noticed uh, flying out. We had a 1 o'clock flight the other day um, going out to Louisville. Pete's Coffee was already closed when we got there at 11 o'clock. So um, the choices in Sacramento's airport is not known necessarily for food options. So I would say to you that choices in Sacramento are a little limited. In other cities, um, air traffic is up to about 90% of what it was previously. So, yes, there are lots of choices. There are a few concessionaires in some places that have not reopened, but almost everybody is pretty much up to, to full speed. Of course, you have to make sure that you have enough time during a layover to be able to grab something to eat. But that's a, that was another story on another program.
1: Right, yeah, that's a really good point. Be sure that you have enough time because your service will be a little slower. They will be uh, shorter staff, and in some cases, uh, they may serve you uh, on a paper plate. All righty, here we go. How much liquor can I put in my carry-on bag? It seemed to remember that four ounces was the magic number before the pandemic. Has that changed? Now, did you say liquor or liquid? Uh, You know, liquid is... uh, (laughs) I'm thinking liquor. It's 4 o'clock. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. Uh, yeah. How how much liquid can I I put in my carry-on bag? No liquor. Uh, not supposed to carry any liquor on.
0: Yeah, you, you're not, and you and liquor that you bring on the plane, you can't drink on the plane. Remember, um, three point eight ounces is the TSA limit that hasn't changed. Interestingly enough, um, there is technology now that would eliminate that uh, liquid ban. That they would be able, you, you could carry, you know, a bottle of water could go through the the security machine, and they would know it was a bottle of water. It's being tested in some airports around the planet, particularly Shannon Airport in Ireland. Um, has been using it for about a year and a half where you don't have to take out electronics and um, there isn't a liquid limit. It hasn't uh, made it widely to U.S. airports yet. So for right now, 3.8 ounces is the magic number. Anything over that, you have to put in your checked luggage.
1: I have a, uh, I have a friend who has an issue with, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a condition that she panics if she doesn't have some water handy. Mm -hmm. You know, like a bottle of water to take a sip or whatever. She says, I don't need a lot. I just need a sip. And they always take my bottle of water. And then I I fall into panic mode while going through the TSA. And they're not always very, very good about handling me. And uh, and we started discussing the option of taking that three-point bottle of uh, water and maybe taking two or three okay now you you've got more than you know but they're all in separate bottles mm-hmm. so now you have some security you have that that water that you're going to need to make you feel better so if that's you then there's a suggestion you're going to freak the, you're going to freak
0: the tsa people out though and the other thing is that it, you're going to get tsa people who say you're going to say, but it's a 16-ounce bottle. It clearly only has an ounce or two of water in it. And they're going to say, well, you know, we don't have any way to measure that. I've seen this happen before.
1: Well, and you can buy those You can buy those little bottles that actually have the, that are approved for airlines and yes. fill them.
0: Yes, then that's what's going to be my suggestion is take a bottle that holds oh, yeah. four ounces or less. Oh,
1: well, that's and, what I meant.
0: Yeah, and put some water in it. And then, yeah, nobody's going to say anything. And now you got your sips.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. don't just try to fill a little bit in a big bottle. Okay, confidential question. I'm traveling with a small amount of weed. Will the TSA take it? Will I get busted? I'm asking for a friend, you know. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I'm certain of it. Um, The TSA's official stance on this, um, Dale and, and Sid will be on with us next week, so we can ask them, but if I recall the last time they said that, um, TSA is not looking for your personal stash. If you're a drug dealer and you're moving your inventory across country, that may be an issue. But if you just have a small amount of uh, some uh, recreational drug that is legal in, now in a lot of places, um, T- that's not what TSA is looking for. However, um re- recently read a- an article that said, you know, if we're in your suitcase because we thought you had something in there that shouldn't be in there and we come across something, um, then that becomes a judgment call, and we'll take it from there. But anyway, that's that's sort of the answer: is that um, if you're, you know, if you're if you're traveling with small large quantities of illegal drugs, then the TSA you, you're 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 a criminal. And but if you're just an innocent person and you're traveling with a small part amount of recreational drugs, then you're probably okay.
1: There you go. And uh, as I mentioned to Mark earlier, you know, don't bring your recreational drugs in the same container that you have your gun exactly and don't bring your gun
0: that's about all for the mailbag remember to dance like everybody's watching what do you got to say mr romano
1: all right if you have a question send it to the travel guys at travelguysradio.com thanks for joining us my friends we'll see you next week here on the travel guys stay well